0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Derek Pernasiglio Show. You know who I am, but like always, who I am is not important. It's the guest, and we have Willie Mullins in the studio today, and Willie has finished second at Daytona. He doesn't run the ARCA series full-time on a part-time basis, but you still have a lot of fun doing it, don't you? Absolutely.
1: You know, um, being part of the ARCA series has given me a chance to put who we are out there, give us uh, some recognition. Amongst all the big teams, so us as a little team has been a great thing, and and working with the series has been awesome to be able to grow who we are and and go out there and race in front of the fans and and the whole
0: world. And this is actually my first time getting that talk and interact with you because I have such an affection for the Arca slash K and N cars Mm -hmm. back in the day because I did a lot of reporting with them, but this. uh uh, appearance is actually something that came up last minute too because you were just in town right?
1: absolutely you know charles (laughs) crawl works very very hard in our series he's our director of media i guess you could call him Mm -hmm. um and we got an email last night and i was heading down here to do a parts run to get some parts for our cars yeah Um, we're getting ready for the elko race in minnesota so i was down here my wife kind of reached out to you and we put this whole deal together in a couple hours and you know, we're here tonight to have some fun
0: and uh, talk about some stories. Now, you were coming down to see your crew chief or to look at one of your cars?
1: Uh, no, I was coming down to visit, uh, I guess we would call him a car chief. Kevin Reed has been helping us this past year and a half. Okay. Um, you know, he left Venturini Motorsports recently, and he's been kind of dabbling with us to give us help and get us some guidance. And, you know, we're, we're really thankful for that, you know, partnership that's just matriculated out of nowhere. You know, he's, he sees how hard we work on our own stuff. Um, and he was up there all winter helping us put our daytona car together so it's been great and I came down just to visit him basically today and grab some parts.
0: And he was with Venturini's for a while, wasn't yes, he? Yes, yeah. I remember seeing him there back in 2018 and, and even...
1: And then where... he did John West Townsley, and then he was with Mason Mitchell for some years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so he's been around, and he's a very, very smart man. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's more of a buddy deal. It's not like we have a contract with him or he's strictly helping us. He's just making sure we go, we'll go to the race and we can compete at a high level with the rest of them.
0: Uh, that's kind of like the whole essence of your whole team and slash racing operations like it's it's a buddy deal it's friends working on the cards it's it's guys that are are there because they
1: want to absolutely you know uh, my neighbor, Daryl, he comes down on the weekends, helps me put these cars together. His son races, Modifieds, you know, one of the ladies that works in our shop, she comes over and helps me. So we all work together to try to put these cars together. And then my wife's in the background doing all our social media. And that's been great for me because we've been able to get noticed. She does TikTok and I do TikTok and she's on our Twitter feed all the time. And it's been great to to have the interactions that we can, especially with the TikTok crowd.
0: You know, it's so funny that you you talk about that because you you think you say things like TikTok, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. You would think that you'd see those teenage drivers, right, you know, working that with with the phone in their hand all the time. But you know, you're 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 like you're like me. You know, you're middle age, middle aged guy. I'm I'm in my late forties. I don't know how old you are, but uh, you don't usually see that. No, that much. And, <laughs> you know,
1: I'm a 42 year old uh, guy that works on trash trucks during the day. And and what had happened is during COVID, like we were talking 2020. There was no social media getting out because there was no racing. There was nobody doing anything. So we opened up a little go-kart track in our backyard, and my wife knows enough people. She went on race 22, and we went live there. And (laughs) and we had – I think we had uh, an article printed in – uh, with adam fenwick did that on and speed on, sport yeah, I think. yeah yeah it was white oak speedway so that was what we had to do for those eight or ten or twelve weeks we raced with our neighbors every weekend at our go-kart track you in know backyard in our backyard
0: <laughs> yep. yeah yeah the, the cops didn't come and say social distance or anything they yeah.
1: did not we kept it on the down low Okay. Uh, well i said down low we had live you know feeds and everything coming out of the backyard <laughs>
0: Um, on the down low, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Live, live think, feed. You know, we yeah. had, uh, you know. Don't tune in. It <laughs> was
1: crazy. We had so many impressions on that article that Fenwick did for us that, you know, uh, a couple, you know, a couple people reached out and were like, you know, you're. I said, well, we're only doing 10 drivers, you know. And we, we were all friends. We had all, you know, made sure that we didn't get each other sick so it it kept us sane unfortunately you know that was the only way we could stay sane right then during 2020.
0: only 10 drivers yeah for for the most part for the most okay (laughs) wink wink nod nod right (laughs) it
1: it was great we had fun and and we were able to enjoy you know we cooked out a little bit and and had the best thing we could do for at the time of what was happening in the world
0: yeah that and also to keep your sanity I mean, things were going on crazy during that time. We were chatting before we went on air. I mean, COVID affected my family terribly. Mm -hmm. Um, You you know, all of my family got sick Uh, during COVID. My grandmother died. Uh, About a year later, my mom passed away. She passed away of of other complications, Mm -hmm. but being weakened by COVID didn't help, you know. So a lot of, you know, I lost... I lost, you know, my TV gigs with Right K&N slash the K&N/the ARCA series, so like live events went away. So it was a huge change for everyone everywhere.
1: Because like we were talking for when i we were on air, you know, I went to Daytona that year. We had a good run, I think, in 2020. Then we went to New Smyrna that same day or next day after Daytona, ran there, came back and tested. They picked up the phone and called and said, all right, that's everything for right now. Don't. No ARCA testing, no nothing. You know, that was right after what Atlanta when they shut everything down. Right, So it, it was crazy that everything in the world stopped at that point, but we tried to figure out what we could do. You know, and we had a small community of racers and we went racing in the backyard.
0: It's it's all you can do. Now, here's the the big question. Did you learn anything that you were applying when you run the big car? So, so the biggest thing I learned. <laughs> I, mean, is, I know it's just go-karts.
1: I'll tell you this story. We started all out as friends when we started this. When we got to the end of that 8 or 12 weeks, we raced straight. There was a lot of hurt feelings. A lot of people got upset. Some <laughs> friendships were strained. And this was just backyard go-kart. There was no money involved, no trophies, no nothing. And, I mean, it...
0: it so it wasn't like a series or anything. It was no. just guys getting together yeah. in your backyard. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. with, with, with flat carts and uh, Harbor Freight Motors.
0: So these the Predator were, motors, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah okay. These were
1: $500 go-karts. <laughs> and <laughs> we had people, we had to, we had to tell them not to come back. You know, there was some oh. seriousness as we got farther down the road because the competition level just ramped up.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. That is crazy. But technically uh as far as like the beginnings of the go like you know people start off in go karts but that wasn't your case like your family is more got started more in like drag racing right yeah
1: absolutely so we can even go back to so my granddad used to go to old dominion speedway um up in manassas virginia and he watched lee petty race nascar in the convertible series i think that was in the late 40s early 50s so my dad had the racing bug from then you know and when i came around my dad was a strict drag racer you know and my uncle was too My uncle won um alcohol funny car at indy so that was very big back in i think that was like the late 70s early 80s Nationals, wow that's big yeah Yeah. so that was big for him um and then my dad just drag raced he ran super stock for many many years doing that and then um i don't know if you remember back in the mid 90s uh junior drag racing started Mm -hmm. Um, and hra brought that program in and Roy Hill was up at our track, uh, Summer Duck Dragway, for a little while, and left a car there—a junior dragster—and I just hopped in it one day, and the track owner let me just race it every weekend. So that was my first, you know, entail into racing was junior dragsters. And what was cool about that is that was it was so new. We got to go to Indy for the first year. What for year the, was that? That a was junior ninety-four.
0: Drag. Junior dragster.
1: Yep. Okay. 93, 94 is when I started my drag racing career. Okay. So then we went to the new U.S. Nationals, the Junior Dragster U.S. Nationals. I think that was in 94. And that was that was one of the neatest things because that was the inaugural event. You know, and HRI did a huge thing for us. And I bet there was four or five hundred cars there for the first event at the U.S. Nationals.
0: Wow. Junior Dragsters. Yes. Wow. Yeah.
1: yeah. So that was kind of how I got started, you know, and we ran junior dragsters until i was i think 15 or 16 so three years i've
0: seen them run before it, it is amazing the power that they are getting out of those little well but engines. think
1: about this now that's now back then it was a strict five horsepower briggs and stratton it was nothing fast you know we right. ran 14 seconds in the eighth mile <laughs> so you know you could uh, run a golf cart faster than that back then <laughs> so that's how i got my start and then you know it per- Turned into running bracket cars and and running our local, but I just wasn't happy because of the amount of seat time you got, right? In a drag car, you're only in there five, six, eight seconds at the
0: most, right?
1: Mm -hmm. So it's all that work all week, and then you get three runs. Yeah. So it was one of those things. I tried motocross after that. So I ran motocross for three years, and I was so broke up, and three concussions later, and... Those you guys, know,
0: they beat the hell out of themselves. Yes. Jeez, that's not a young, young man sport right there. Yes. You know, yeah.
1: Absolutely. So in the meantime, what I did is my parents also moved cars for Mannheim Auto Auctions, right? Mm-hmm. So they happened to have, we have a Mannheim Auto Auction in Fredericksburg, Virginia. So they were having a grand opening. So we got the call to come down and get Harry Gant's car out of the Atlanta Mannheim Auto Auction. They had a little museum or something like that. And bring it up and set it up for display for them. So we did that. Well, I got in the car and just started doing laps up and down the street. And this was one of the the skull bandit cars that <laughs> Harry drove back in the day, and just doing laps up and down our street oh. at our business park. You know, said so that's kind of where the bug got me when I started, you know, wanting to get into some circle track From or, Harry
0: Gans Cup car. Y- yep, it was it? It was the Oldsmobile. Um, I don't know if that was Oldsmobile or Lumina.
1: It was one of the two, but yeah, it was (laughs) just as you imagine a Harry Gantt car, and it had the Mannheim Auto Auction on the side, and it was as it was raced, yes. Wow. So it was pretty neat. We played with it for probably a month or so while we had it up there.
0: Just in the street?
1: Yeah, just in the street. We'd do laps up and down the street and run it back and forth. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, so
0: that's. What, did the cops come around? No, no, they they didn't mess with
1: us at all. Really? Yeah, so my dad would come out and yell at me more than anything, you know, he would, because he'd get tired of it running up and down the street. Oh, wow. So you had this Harry Gantt car I would play with, you know, when I got out of school. So I was 16, 17 years old.
0: It's a good you know, thing you didn't crash it.
1: No, that was the biggest thing he was worried about because we didn't own it and we were just entrusted to make sure it got point A to point B. Wow. So, so and it was, it, it, that's kind of what I think got me going into the stock car world, you know, the the thought of it.
0: Mm-hmm. But so, it, wasn't, it wasn't stock cars right away. Didn't you do SCCA or yeah, road so course racing?
1: What happened is, um, you know, that was on my mind and then 2005 rolled around. And I was talking with a friend of mine, and I said, you know, I'd like to go SCCA racing because they have this V8 stock car program, right? You can take an old cup car, put some brake lights in it, and go road race it.
0: Okay. So So, was that, uh, I'm not as versed in road course racing, mm -hmm. was that the national series or NASA? No, that
1: was not NASA. Those are two different uh, series. NASA has their own thing, and then SCCA has this V8 road racing series. Okay. So I was talking with a friend of mine and dad said, you know, Falk has some old stuff and he's just down in Virginia Beach. Right. So Lee Falk, Joe Falk,
0: Joe Falk. Okay. So
1: a friend of mine called a friend and I got in touch with Joe Falk. So his son ran Arca um, back, man, I would say that in 98, something like that. Um, and he still had a car left from when Jeff's son was racing Arca. So I got talking with Jeff or whatever, and I went down to Virginia Beach, and there was a car still down there. It was the car he backed in the wall here at Charlotte. And I didn't know what I was buying. You know, I'd never road course raced, or I'd never, I don't know what I was even looking at, right? right. So I go down and buy this car for $5,000. And it's mainly complete less motor and trans. So I get it back here, and me and my dad put together a motor off eBay. And we went to, so our first, you have to go through school with SCCA. Okay. So I show up. We have to go to Watkins Glen for our first ever anything I've ever done on in a stock car, right? So we show up to Watkins Glen, and it's pouring down rain. I mean, buckets and buckets of rain. And I'm like, well, I guess we'll wait till the rain stops. No. They looked at me and said, "No,
0: I hope you got treaded tires." <laughs> <laughs> so they, yeah, they run in the rain. I didn't
1: know this. I, I know. You know, I was this this green kid that knew nothing, right? I was just used to drag racing and if the sun was out we raced if it wasn't we wouldn't so i had to roll a set of slick tires over to the hoosier guy and he grooved them for me so we grooved (laughs) these tires and this is like my first ever lap in a stock car and i'm at watkins Glen.
0: In the rain. In the pouring yeah, Which is a high-speed road course, too. Yes. <laughs>
1: and we're doing the boot also, the back section. Okay. You know, so a lot of people <clears throat> don't even know there's a whole back section to Watkins Glen. I know. And there's a river running across down to the bottom of the boot, and it's it's crazy. But that was my introduction into road racing a stock car. We made it through that whole weekend in Fiasco, and at the end of that weekend, they have a, a race at the end of it. So I had to start at the back cuz we had some mechanical issues but I was able to win that race. I mean yes, we were racing Miatas and and other stuff like that and I was in this big V8 stock car. <laughs> but they thought it was the greatest thing these the instructors cuz they don't get to see that much in SCCA, especially north, you know. When right. you come down south into the Carolinas, you know they have a lot of stock cars in Seca
0: Right. I've seen a lot of it, too, with the HSR series. Exactly. Series. Same
1: yeah. deal as, you know, and then I started learning a lot more, and we had to go to a second school, so we went to uh, Summit Point, West Virginia. And that, that actually went smooth, and I looked like I knew what I was doing there by the time, you know, when you show up to a dry track for the first time, it's actually nice. You can turn some laps. Yeah. And but you'd
0: won your first yeah. race you competed in yeah. at Watkins Glen. Yes. Of all things. At Okay, first off, Watkins Glen is is. Historical and prestigious as it is. Do you understand the magnitude of going there and winning a race at 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 that point? Not really.
1: No, and I want to go back there. I've never been back since. Because you understand it now, right? Yes. Yes. I I want to go back and I I beat up on Dale Quarterly all the time to sell me his Arca Road course car, but he won't because I want to. That's one of my bucket list things to go back to Daytona. Mm -hmm. I mean, back to Watkins and, and do that. So, and that's how my stock car racing experience got started is I have no late model experience, no any left turn experience. Nothing.
0: Really? Yeah. So, so you went from running the SCCA stock car Yep. to running Daytona? Nope.
1: So what we did is we ran that SCCA thing for three or four years, right? And then 2014, ARCA went back to the road course, I believe for the first time. Millville, New Jersey.
0: New Jersey Motorsports Park. Yes. 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 So mm-hmm.
1: that was my jumping off into ARCA. Um, we took the car we've been running at SCCA and let's go at uh, ARCA racing. How hard could it be, right?
0: how hard can it be how hard could it be? famous last yes, words right? right yeah how hard could it be mm-hmm. so we
1: show up with our little uh harbor freight toolbox and roll that into the garage area and and, and we're like unrolling stuff and these I'm,
0: guys have got pit boxes yes. that are as tall as they are and
1: i had no idea i had never <laughs> been to an arca race never been to a cup race really in person
0: were you getting a lot of second looks like what we the? were
1: um <laughs> But, you know, it all fell apart, you know, like it should have because we were underprepared, right? Right. So we go out there and start turning practice Well, our good motor blows up. So we pull out our eBay special, put that in the car, and and we had a motor change an hour and a half. So people were actually watching us do that. You know, we we looked kind of professional doing that. Um, And then the first race i think we qualified 22nd and that was when arca was big you know arca right. we had a full field mm-hmm. um i think one or two people went home from that first race um so it was still it was not a, a a field like you could see today at some tracks but it was a real race you know and we showed up underprepared, but we still made the show that's cool you know so that was that's how i got started with in your arca. ebay motor yes <laughs> you know we got some cylinder heads from this auction and my dad put this together and it was
0: everything's on ebay
1: if my wife had been there she would have never let it happen right she would have told me we were crazy to even think that dream Mm -hmm. but we did it and if we hadn't have we wouldn't be where we are to this day
0: but she was with you
1: no not at that point but i hadn't met her until four years later i believe that's you know 2017 or something like that okay um But she is a realist, right? She's our grape stomper, as she calls herself. Um, And she would have never let me show up at an arc race underprepared like that. Right, right. So we did that for a couple years. And then our crew chief, or friend at that time, turned into our crew chief, Andy Belmont. Mm. Um, He knew where there was a super speedway car. And we jumped off, and and I think we got that car in 2016. And that's how we started turning left. My first left-hand experience was at Daytona
0: really yes first wow that's of all the places it's nuts isn't it? of all the places yeah because i mean you usually hear someone starting off at you know the, the grassroots short tracks mm-hmm. uh you know a quarter mile or a half mile racetrack racing late models or whatever and yeah. then working their way up to daytona now
1: i did lie a little bit i did have some daytona experience so we were doing a lot of customer cars for road course things um and we built a 55 ford for gentlemen that raced at Summit Point, things like that, road course racing. So Central Florida has a road course race down there, Daytona, so I was like, we got this car all built and it's a cup chassis with a 55 Ford body on it, Roush motor, I mean, it was good stuff. So he couldn't go and I was like, okay, I'll take it down there, not a problem, right? So you go down the back straightaway, and you go into the chicane. You hook the chicane, it hops to the curb, and then you start pulling gears, right? And you're heading down the trioval, and you really don't realize how fast you're going in this 55 Ford. We were 180 miles an hour down through three and four, right?
0: Which is techni- which was essentially a cup car with a yes. 55 body yes. on it, right?
1: <laughs> so, and then you're blowing past these GT Porsches, right? And and Ferraris and Corvettes, and you're blowing past them. And these guys can work you through the infield, but then you just get out on the speedway and start clicking in the gears, and they just drive away from them, right. you know? So that was my first intro into it. And then the the, the the reality of speed is you're coming out of four, and you see a guy hit the wall, right? And you don't see him stop until that thing hits turn one. He slid all the way down the wall, down the front straightaway in tri-oval, into turn one. And then you realize, man, I think we're hauling the mail down through here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah that's what is it my my old man always told me he's like you don't realize how fast you're going until you get in trouble yes yeah that that's the big thing
1: you know you go to Daytona now and you touch the brake pedal it does nothing really I mean it kind of slows the car down but in an ARCA race if you get in trouble you're just kind of holding on
0: Mm -hmm. so first race is Daytona where there is a completely different style of racing you have to learn how to we got Bump to draft, draft. you gotta learn and... how to push someone you gotta learn how to be pushed without yeah. getting out of shape like what how do you take all of that in in your first race
1: um you know it, it's one of those things that uh it i i went over to frank kimmel i said frank i've never done this how do i do this he said just be gentle on the steering wheel he said do not yank it he said if you're going down the straightaway and you start gently turning the wheel and you can feel somebody over there, then you know he's over there. But if you commit to turning the wheel and somebody's on your inside, you're just going to wreck the whole field. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> believe it or not, that's just how I did it. I held on for dear life and prayed the whole race, you know, and, and we never hit anything solid. And at the end it was me and Frank running for seventh and eighth right there at the end. So it, it kind of all just came together to, to have – a dream race for our first race at Daytona.
0: Do you, do you sit back at one at some point and go, Holy shit, I'm at doing this at Daytona.
1: Well, no, because you, you go back to next year. Right. And you think, Oh, I finished eighth. I mean, why couldn't you win a race? Right. Right. Easy yeah. peasy. You get knocked out like in lap five because you're overconfident. And then, and, and the car gets tight and I got up against somebody and you know, we tore a tire off of it. And, and it's one of those things that it it's, it humbles you just as quick as it can lift you up when you go to Daytona. Oh, yeah. You know, it's one of those things you you roll through that tunnel every year, and it's still a dream come true.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so it, it's been a great experience, I think.
0: Oh, I look at Greg Van Alst this year when he won that race. I mean, the emotion out of him, and, you know, he he said <laughs> he said it perfectly. You know, guys like me aren't supposed to be here. Absolutely. You know, but for like he that is the emulation of every short track racers dream to who runs at their local track and to be able to win a race at daytona no matter what it is and like any race at daytona
1: yeah absolutely you know it's been a a great experience to see him do what i hope to do
0: Mm -hmm. well you almost did it uh what 2018 you finished second right
1: 2018 was the longest race daytona the arc ever had at daytona okay i think we had three red flags Mm. um think the race was four and a half or five hours long um because in arc at that time it was unlimited amounts of green white checkers mm-hmm. and they just kept wrecking and wrecking and you know and we're we're dodging all the wrecks and we're moving up and moving up and it finally you know we got to second um you know kevin uh reed was crew chief in the other car with um who was driving that car back there? The Sinclair car, I believe it was.
0: Michael Self. Oh, Michael Self, yeah, yeah. He beat me,
1: Another you know. Another
0: talented driver. In a Venturini car, too. Yeah.
1: And and we were even with him, but he just got, got enough run to get it past us. Okay. So it, it, it was a surreal thing. I still remember that day. You know, the, the amount of wrecks. My wife has clipped a, a highlight reel together, if anybody ever wants to see it on YouTube and our channel, um, of how that day just unfolded. It was crazy. You know, you're in the car that long, and you see so many cars flying around. Brett Holmes was upside down, up against the wall. And, you know, Dave Mater had some big wreck. And it was a crazy, crazy race that that year.
0: Yeah, it was. It it got really wild. Uh, For those who are just tuning in... Willie Mullins joins us on the Derek Pernasiglio show. He's had some great runs in ARCA. And speaking of ARCA, um, what is the next race for you? You've run Talladega. You've run uh, Daytona. uh, You've been to Salem. uh, And why Elko, too? It seems like you've got an affection for Elko Speedway. Well,
1: no, that's where my wife is from. That's all our family. So that's our home race, if you want to call it that. Okay, Minnesota. So we're getting ready for that. You know, that's the end of uh, June, I believe, coming Mm -hmm. up, something like that. Um so we're working on getting a car back together for that. Um and that's always a big race for us because there's so many family members. Mm-hmm. Um you know we're we're happy to have our parents there. That's where they're uh, out of it is up there in Brainerd, Minnesota right by the drag strip and that road course. So it's always a race we try to put together to go there every year.
0: It's a beautiful track. I've been there before. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, one of the few uh short tracks that has an <laughs> elevator at it too, which I liked a lot. Um uh, but that's got to be, again, another huge contrast for you because you run mostly the super speedway races yep. and now you're going to one of the smallest tracks.
1: The smallest track on the Arca Circuit.
0: So what kind of experience was that when you start off at something big and then go to something that's really small?
1: Once again, I should have not done what I did, but I just jumped in with both feet, right? So we went to Nashville <laughs> the first time. Um, twenty I don't remember, 2018, I think it was right after Daytona. We had an old junk steel body car sitting in the corner, you know, when they were starting to switch over the composite. And I was like, let's go to Nashville. So we put this car together, and you needed a tetanus shot to look at this thing, right? It was that bad. (laughs) And once again, you know, that was a good field. I think we had 25 or 30 cars there, and we finished, I think, 18th, you know. And that was my first ever— real short track left-hand experience ever at nashville Nashville at the fairgrounds which is a
0: great track too i want to go back i
1: haven't been back since but it's one of the the best short tracks where it has the vintage feel you know it's the old school i hope they don't cover grandstands and all that it's going to be sad if they go in and change a lot of that i hope they don't if when they redo this place i want to go back before they do you know the the fairgrounds and salem they have that old feel you know the old manassas speedway the old you know you just can't get that out of these new tracks
0: yeah the um the the thing that i like about nashville too is it's got that history to it yep. uh, it's got that old that shape to it but it's over the years it has still been fast competitive and always put on a great show
1: very fast you know we're there with the super lates. And you watch us go around the track and we look like school buses because these big, big, heavy cars. And then you watch a super late go down into the corner. It's just unbelievable the amount of speed those guys carry down through there. And and we think we're going fast when you're in the car, right? Yeah, So I know. I've
0: seen (laughs) sprint cars there before. And that was insane. Uh, insane. That was insane. Okay, so now, uh, besides the the Arca stuff, instead of running like what do you run like two uh, three to four races a year
1: um last year we ran five or six um now also last year we had mason ds in our car at bristol mm-hmm. um you know brayton laster ran daytona and talladega with us mm-hmm. um so what we're also doing is putting some kids in these cars to try to get them some spotlight to show their talent in our equipment you know we were very excited when we went to bristol with mason ds um broken oil line unfortunately um and then we're we're looking to maybe put Landon Pimbleton in the cart Bristol this year. So it's it's one of those things that we're we're working. I want to race, but I also want to show some of these kids that have talent that, that need to race. And and ARC is a good series to put them in.
0: Mm-hmm. The the uh, the age thing is huge nowadays. I, I mean, at, I used to I, I used to look back at some of my old pictures and stuff and realize I was the youngest guy in the field. Now, when I look at the lineup for the main event, and I look at some kids that are there, and I'm like, I'm the oldest guy in the field now. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what goes through your mind? Does, does that age thing ever play on you guys? Absolutely. I mean, you're racing with, they, so, they, they let, what, 15-year-olds race with you yes, guys now, yes. right? Yes,
1: So, you know, at the short track, you can be with 15-year-olds. But Daytona is still 18. So when you go to Daytona, my first year, when, when we went there and we knew what we were doing, we thought, right? And you look around the room, and there's Frank Kimmel. There's Bobby Gerhardt. Uh, Belmont was there. You know, all these greats. Schrader, or, Schrader shows there. up and he runs. Well, well yeah. he's running. And and we sit there and those are our veterans, right? Those are the guys that have built this series. Mm-hmm. And then this year we go there and I look around and it's just me and Sean Corr and Greg Van Alst. We are now the elder statesmen in the Arc series. So it's cool, but it also, I miss the older guys. You know, I've learned a lot from them. So... I'm hoping you know I can continue to carry the flag for the ARCA series.
0: Mm-hmm. It's The other thing too is it's that wisdom that, yes. that they carry. you know the, you know with with that age also becomes a library of, of wisdom and knowledge that you know, these guys can apply to you and, and hand off to you. It's,
1: yeah and, and I'm always been one of those guys. That's why I think there's so many people that help me is because I will ask lots of questions mm-hmm. um, and, and I'll get, I want their knowledge. You know, you can't, yes, a lot of these kids can hop in a car and go fast and win races, but I want to be here a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have the checkbook just to write checks to be able to race every weekend. I got to learn how to work on my own stuff. And that's that's how it went from the SCCA stuff, not knowing what I'm doing, to learning how to use a pull down rig, to pulling cars down, to making sure... That you know, if we got to spend all night on the pull down rig, we are, you mm-hmm. know, and and I'm doing the changes, or I can pick up the phone and call, uh, you know, a Tony Fur, or a Kevin Reed, or somebody like that to get help.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say you've had some big names help you out yes. too, Tony Fur too. Yes. <laughs> oh My God, we're we're talking Cub Crew Chief Tony Fur, yes. and, and uh, I have never met him. I have heard so many stories about him, but he is just an encyclopedia of knowledge.
1: Yes, one of the best men I've ever been to be able to round to where he can sit down and explain to you exactly why we did something. I've had crew chiefs that'll say, I've asked, why are we doing that? What is your direction, your path? And they'll look at you and say, because I said so. And then I've had a Tony Fur or a Kevin Reed that sit down and explain it out to you in such detail you get lost at the end of it. So having Fur around for I think me and him raced six or eight races together um, through COVID, um, New Smyrna, things like that. We went to Kentucky for the last time when they ran ARCA there. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a great encyclopedia knowledge and and helped me to get better, continually get better, get our cars better, you know, and work on them. And the man never downed me or doubted me because I'm not some great wheel man, but I want to learn and I'm going to get better and we're going to run better. And we're starting to have good finishes now.
0: Well, that and also, you when you have guys with this experience teaching you, you you have confidence in what they're telling yes. you is what it is. Yep. Um, you know, there's uh, there's times where people are racing and and you are you are just starting out or you're running, and you're taking your lumps as you say. Mm-hmm. But when you have someone that's in your corner like a Tony Fur or something who is just an endless knowledge, that gives me as a driver. More security and a little more comfort when I hop in the car. Absolutely, oh, yeah.
1: You know, it's one of those things. You know, I had no idea, I guess, who Tony Fur was before I met Tony Fur. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. I, okay. I,
0: that's I, what I. That's what fascinates me about you as a racer because you are a racer, but you're there's some areas that you're green to. Yes, you very know? green. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and it's <laughs> it's crazy because so we parted ways with Andy Belmont and. and we were gonna to go to Daytona the next year without a crew chief and a friend of mine, Robert Bruce, he's like, let me call a guy around, and, and he's he is well-versed because he used to sleep on, you know, James Hilton's couch working on cars and, and he had came through the backside. His mom used to be the scorekeeper pe- for Dale Jarrett. So this is a very good friend of ours. He helps me bust his butt getting these cars ready. So he made a couple calls and Tony had just left the Starcom deal with um Derek um Cope? yes okay he mm-hmm. was just done you know mm-hmm. Tony was done traveling um and Tony's like yeah I'll come up he rode up 6 hours to the house to see what we had you know and and I was like well we're going to go to Daytona we got a new car and he was like let's go you know and he came down there him and his wife and they had a good time that was the best like he said If we're not going to run the best, I want to eat good and tell good stories. And that's what we did. You know, we had a good time. I think we finished. That race was our first race. Actually, we knocked the radiator out of it. But Mm -hmm. it was one of those things. He still had a good time, and we were there, and we performed well.
0: You know, one of the things, too, that I think a lot of racers miss is it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. You know, the bottom, we're supposed to be having fun. I mean, you're going to. You're going to lose a hell of a lot more than when you win. I mean, I've been driving about 30 years now. I've only got 10 wins in my entire career. So you lose a lot more than you win. But I always enjoyed going to the track with people that I know I can go and have a good time with. And then I've gone to the track with people that are just too much business. You know, if if you're not... Fastest in practice, you know, on the pole and kicking everyone's ass, they're they're mad. Well,
1: it's like we went to New Smyrna last year, and I think we were fifth or sixth in practice, and uh, Robert came over to me and says, you want to stick her up? Let's go win, or not win practice, but let's let's see what we can. And I'm like, Robert, I'm not going to burn up a set of tires just to be at the top of the leaderboard for practice. Right. I knew what we had, and, you know, we had a good car in, in that show during the race, and it's one of those things we had fun doing it though. You mm-hmm. know, we got stories to tell and and we always try to come out of a weekend and, and not have rose-colored glasses, but we're there to have a good time and compete and try to compete to the best of our ability.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny because having the fun, that's that's where that's where the love is too. And I've said a long time in in my career i spent so much time going and going and going and getting to the next race to make sure I get the story and get this. I didn't take that step back to enjoy more moments. Yes, in my career. So, and
1: I'm the same way. It's I've been bullheaded all the way through it just because I want to compete, and I want to win, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I I need to start as I'm getting older. I'm starting to realize I need to take a step back and watch what's unfolding in front of me
0: to enjoy it. What about what about kids? You don't have any kids that want to nope. race these anything? race
1: cars? Are our kids? Um, you know, okay. me and my wife are dedicated to racing, mm-hmm. um, dedicated to our business. And we've never wanted to have children together, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't have kids and she doesn't have kids. And like I said, these these race cars are our children, you know, and, right. and that's we spend our money in that and, and have a good time doing it.
0: Well, that and also it gives you something to do, you know, it gives yes. you something to focus on. It gives you and, – and not only that, to do it together as husband and wife yes. because – that's where, hu- that's where a lot of that's uh, where a lot of husbands and yes. wives in racing have that problem because they don't agree and a lot of divorces happen too yes. over that. And, <laughs> and as long My as, first wife happened uh, in that uh, aspect too.
1: And as long as I am realistic on the money we spend, we never, you know, outspend what we can afford right then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's okay with it, you know, and that that's kind of our deal is we have to live within our means, our bills have to be paid and then we can go racing. And that's what we do, you know, and we work hard to run our four or five races a year in Arc series. And, and we have a great time doing it because we come to compete to try to be a good solid top five car.
0: No, and you always come with clean, yep. good looking cars. Uh, you got a, a pretty decent sponsor, too. I think it was Corvette Parts. Yep, Corvette
1: like- Parts has been helping us every year at Daytona. You mm-hmm. know, they come on board every year. Um, they've been great um to have. You know, we got to have Corvette parts finally on a Chevrolet. You know, that was a lot of a lot of people talk about that on the internet and Twitter. Um, you know, with Cory LaJoy always having it on a Ford back in the day. So right. we did that and they're always great. And then crowing recycling has always been great to us. That's my Wife's family's company, but they take care of our tires every year, so oh, that's cool. It, it helps us out, and then we had uh, an RV company come on board uh, this year, so we got a free RV down at Daytona. That was pretty cool that's to great. to sleep there and not have to put a couple crew guys up, and it was great. So oh, okay.
0: Right in the driver's lot.
1: Yeah, right in the driver's. Well, we had the we get the overflow lot. You know, we're okay. still peons. A but little you bit. still
0: feel like you're part of it. Yes. You know, when you're there, it's like I'm sleeping in the middle of Daytona International Speedway. It is
1: neat, and I never so I've never watched a, a truck race or a cup race or anything from the infield of any racetrack until this year, and it was pretty neat to to see the Xfinity race and the truck race from Daytona.
0: I remember walking into Daytona for the very first time, and just looking around like when you roll through that tunnel it's like there's the back straightaway like you're you're doing like that because the cars when they're they're on the back stretch and you're trying to watch they're maybe that big yeah you know so well, and
1: that's like the first time i was telling you when i was in that 55 ford they keep all the scca people down in the little corner lot down in turn three and four so we go out and we roll out onto the front straightaway and you look up and you're like wow this place is big
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. it's really big yeah so um you've got your business so uh, you, during the day you work as a diesel truck. Diesel
1: and body uh, repair technician um we repair we're one of the largest uh trash truck repair companies on the east coast i guess you could say okay um and that's what we mainly do is our our business of we rebrand do a lot of rebranding for waste management and gfl when they go in and buy these companies out we do all the major rebranding for these companies to switch colors on the trucks and rebrand all of them and to make them look how they want them the corporate look to to be
0: okay so it's uh is so it's auto body too yep
1: auto body and paint and then we'd also do mechanical like we'll also rebuild the inside of a trash truck you wouldn't believe how bad trash wears out the inside of a trash truck but you'll get every five years you have to rebuild the inside
0: of the truck just what corrosion of the metal? Or? Uh, no,
1: just wear. Um, you you think about your glass bottles you throw in there, your cans, anything that that has abrasion to it, falls in that hopper, and then that blade packs it in the back of the truck, and it just continually wears that truck out all day long.
0: Wow, no kidding. So you with that they uh you've got the business that is you know your main
1: yeah that is our bread and butter and that's what we do every day okay
0: now is the race shop at the no. the, the truck shop
1: I, I i tried that early on okay the problem is about 12 o'clock or two o'clock you're like oh let me work on this one thing on the race car and then it gets a little earlier and earlier and then your customers start complaining and it's your own fault because you start uh you know doing things you shouldn't be on the clock Mm-hmm. So all my stuff, I keep it over at my parents' house. They have a nice big garage. They let me keep my race cars in there, and, and we get to to go over and work on them when we have time. I mainly work on them Saturdays and Sundays, and, and and it gives me time to to get away from the other shop to go work and enjoy on race cars.
0: So five cars, you said, all together? I
1: think we have four or five cars. I lose t- track.
0: Five, ca- uh, Two super speedway cars? Yeah, we have
1: two super speedway cars. We have a mile-and-a-half car, mm-hmm. We and we have a short track car, so we have four.
0: So now for you... Mm-hmm. What would be the the goal? Uh, Is it to eventually drive a few more years and become a team owner? Is it Um, to kind of do what Venturini Motorsports is doing and field cars for up-and-coming drivers? No, I don't want to become a a team
1: that runs 20 races a year. I'd rather run like we're doing 5 to 10 races a year and put drivers in certain races. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I plan on racing another 5 or 10 years at least. Uh, as long as the Arca series continues the the course that we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things we need to work on, but it's a good series for where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing is, you know, I want to be the face of Arca. We have this new upcoming series where these cup drivers have bought the series that is our main competition. So, Arca has to compete with a late model series that's out there now. And our driver um, pool has gotten a little bit smaller, but the good thing with Arca, we get to be on super speedways, mile and a half, dirt tracks. So, you know, our series is still a combination of all the tracks, not just short tracks.
0: Right. Any uh any tracks that you wanna go to?
1: Um, I like we were talking and I wanna go back to Watkins Glen. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy Elko, but Salem, if I could race Darlington, I would love to go to Darlington. <laughs> but the closest thing to Darlington in Arca is Salem. Really. You know, you run up in three and four and you're against the fence you know you're you're trying to to just scrape that quarter panel and and the the pavement's all worn out you're up near the top and it's more banking than bristol and it's just one of those old tracks that that you love. It's just like a Darlington. I'd love to go to Darlington, but Salem is one of those bucket tracks I love to go back to.
0: Okay, so Salem's another one. Yeah, Watkins Glen because they only did that with the uh, road course car. Yep. yep. Uh, what did what was what was that like too with running those tires that were grooved?
1: Um, well, it wasn't bad, but the problem is the rain was so bad you couldn't see in front of you. Like I am going down the back straightaway into the carousel. And I think I'm going into it, but it was raining so hard that one day that you couldn't see in front of you at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice. The next day we had to put on a, a decent set of slick tires and, and go turn laps and, and enjoy what a race car should be.
0: Okay. Uh, just changing the subject a little bit. Like, you've been with ARCA since, what, 2008, right? You ran your yes. first days. So, you saw the whole change of the steel bodies mm-hmm. to the composite to what they have now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what they call this type of body. It's still now. a composite body. Is, okay. Yep. It's still a composite body. Has that help has that helped the smaller team save money over the years doing the the body changes and then they went to the not the spec motor, because K and N had the Spec Motor, you guys had the Elmore, yes. Right?
1: Um okay. so to talk about both of those, um the Elmore was first for us. Um so when we went to Daytona, we had the Elmore that first year for me. That is what gave us a chance, just a chance to run in the top ten. So without that Elmore package We would have had an open motor that we converted to a a restrictor plate motor and we would have had no chance there, right? So I applaud Arca and Ron Drager for doing the Ilmore. Yes, it's a little bit more expensive than what we would like, but all racing is expensive. Um, And without the parity in this motor package, um, we we wouldn't be here talking to you. I would just be another back-of-the-packer that got frustrated, that can't run well, that quit and went late model racing. Okay. It gives me the chance to go... When I go and unload, as long as I've worked my butt off at the shop to have a car together, we have a chance to run top five. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, with that, that Ilmore package has brought the series a lot tighter. Okay. Um, and then with the body... When you're doing a super speedway car, it's about the same cost as a st- old steel body car. You know, they get very, very costly. Um, but for the short track guy, like your K&N series, I think it saved a lot of money there, you know. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and well, that it, must
0: make you feel better, knowing that now you have more of a shot than you did in the past.
1: Absolutely. I wouldn't be here if I didn't have a shot. Okay. Um, and... I'm an average driver, so I know if we put a good driver in our cars, we have a chance to win.
0: Okay. you know Because and, and, you know you've got good equipment. Yes. Where do you get your cars from?
1: <clears throat> well, they're old cars. Um, okay. They're nothing new. Okay. Um, I bought two of them from um, uh, Lyra um, when he closed up. He had the Ford deal back in the day, mm-hmm. um, Carlos. Um, <clears throat> the one Super Speedway car was actually Dale Jarrett's car he sat on the pole with at Daytona in 2000 five or six or something like that it was the snickers car oh really so that was the ford we ran this year okay the mach e as we call it <laughs> um and then now my uh, my chevrolet that i run um that was a car we did buy from gms when um a guy named bursley um had an arcade team um okay. and i think sheldon creed drove that car um and then uh reynolds kid drove it too
0: okay now with uh <laughs> my here's another question with the money that they spend or the money that you have spent in arca which is probably a huge amount because i know that i know there is no (laughs) such thing as cheap racing uh for the money that is spent in arca do you ever think to yourself like i could run more races a year if i was running a late model or if i was running at a local track like i can get more laps each week you ever think of it that way absolutely
1: um excuse me um Yes. Yeah, you because know,
0: like for what you're spending, you could probably run a whole season in a late model at one of the local tracks up there, right?
1: Absolutely. Okay. You could run a very, very competitive car. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife works for Peyton Sellers on, and helping him with his social media, and he's asked me that question. He's mm-hmm. like, why don't you go race all year at a late model um, instead of doing what you do your four or five races in Arkham? And honestly, we're going to try it, but we're going to run some living stuff at our local track. But... The biggest reason is um, I want to race on a touring series, um, not because I'm, I'm trying to make a name for myself. Because I'm 42 years old, I'm over the hill. You know, I'm not gonna be some NASCAR superstar. I have reality of that. Mm. I just enjoy where they race and what they're doing. Um, and you don't have to worry about the Saturday night drama. You know, a lot of those short track Saturday nights. The drama spills into the next week and, and then it, it continues and and it consumes your life when, oh. when we go race we go race come home and we're done with it
0: yeah one, one of the biggest things that is really getting me twisted up lately is uh and don't get me wrong i love late model racing to death yes uh but what i am seeing over and over and over is you run a whole bunch of unnecessary laps dump the leader with one or two to go. They're shit talking in the pit area and then a fight afterwards. And we have seen this episode over and over and over again.
1: Yes. And it gets old. Um, My wife is a proponent of, you know, hard racing. It doesn't hurt to rough somebody up a little bit, maybe a door panel, something like that. But when you back somebody into the fence, it it, that's not racing, you know, it's, that's not the skill. You know, that's just writing a check, getting in a car, and going wrecking somebody. Um, and that's why, you know, a lot of these kids don't have racecraft yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have enough racecraft. If you had watched Elko last year, I ran through three people, you know, <laughs> just ran them over. My <laughs> wife calls calls me Willie the Weapon now, you know. <laughs> so it's things I have to work on. I'm not above this, but I, I want to be a better driver to be able to race hard.
0: Right. No, I, I get it. I, I mean,. I think well. I come from you know the open wheel world where you don't you don't nope, you, you don't touch, touch. You end up on your head, you, you know. And <laughs> I think one time I got into somebody and punted them out of the way, and it really wasn't even deliberately, but I still did it, and I felt like crap for doing it afterwards. Yeah. So when I see some guys at their local tracks, if you, even you go to Bowman Gray, you know you yeah. live and die by the bumper yeah. there, yeah. you know. So it's I don't I I can't I can't be that dirty driver.
1: Well and and for me I came from S C C A, right? So in S C C A oh. you do not touch a car.
0: Yeah, or get a wheel off. Nothing. Or, I know. I
1: mean it is it was bad enough, so we're at we're at VIR one year. Um and Dale Cordley's got a customer there and we're racing or whatever and I go down there and this guy didn't gas up and I gassed up and I completely just turned him around backwards, right? So he comes over yelling and screaming at me, and, and he follow, files this petition, and you get points on your license for turning somebody around. And and then it's funny, at the end of the night, then Dale has to, to loan me a welder to fix my car from wrecking him. So, you know, it's, it's, we're a community. It wasn't something I tried to do. It's just I was in, in, in the moment, and I missed it, you know?
0: It's a different culture of racing. Yeah, because yeah, I remember reporting, you know, oval track races. And then I did the uh, uh, SCCA Playboy Mazda MX-5 Cup for for three years. So... (laughs) they stay right to the schedule of the day you know the the time critical thing is yes always a huge thing compared to oval track racing it's a little more (laughs) lax than the oval track world So there was a lot of things that i had to learn uh like reporting a race in my my first race in the rain yes it was crazy yeah (laughs) i'm sitting there trying to protect the mic so it doesn't get shorted out or anything like that
1: and it is crazy you go from the scca world to a short track saturday night world and it's like two different worlds. You know, it's, oh. it's crazy that it you, when you say they are on the clock, I mean, it is to the minute. That stuff rolls off to the minute. These, these the people minute. are awesome. You know, and then you go to a short track and they're like, ah, we're about an hour and a half behind.
0: Right. It's like, uh, whatever. We'll be all right. It's you good. Know. So, uh, so you are going to give some limited late model stuff a, yes, a shot? Yes, we are actually. Okay.
1: Um, I don't know if you've been to ever to Dominion Raceway. Oh, it's That's, a beautiful track. Yes. Gorgeous facility. Our home
0: track. <clears throat>
1: uh, we're about uh, five minutes from there. So I bought a limited late a couple weeks, well, a couple months ago. Uh, a friend of mine, Davey Callahan, he's going to be driving it this weekend. And then I'm going to get in it. And then Kayla Searles is going to get in. It's going to be a community car. We're going to try to have some fun and try to, you know, win some races and not take it serious where we're going to go after points and stuff like that. And that's also going to get me ready for Elko because that's our biggest problem is I'm not in a car enough during the year. And then I go show up to Elko and I got to perform. I got to go run with a Raja Karuth with, you know, all these kids. You got to wheel it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. and, and last year it was frustrating because I ran over my head too much, you know, ran into a couple people and, you know, and you, I spun out Nick Sanchez, right? Won the championship last year, but my car was probably two or three tenths a lap faster. And I just ran him over because of car control. Mm-hmm. I, I need to be in a car more before I go to these races so I can have better uh, understanding of my surroundings.
0: You, you know, you, you do the um you, you do the TikTok and the social media stuff like the kids do, but do you also do the iRacing?
1: I do. You do? Kind of. Really, okay. So during COVID, right? Uh-huh. I build a whole, my own simulator, everything a rig, right? So I built a whole rig, and we got it upstairs. And then um, NASCAR had that series they put on for all the. Um, I think touring series that we got to run. Mm -hmm. So it was all modified guys, Canon guys. It was me. It was cup, I think and truck or something like that. Right. I
0: remember it It, was like a hodgepodge of people. Right. So
1: the biggest thing I couldn't qualify, you know, it was hard for me to qualify in these races. Um, So I, I, I take it serious because I think all aspects make you better. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, I just lived on that machine for a while to get better. I haven't had a chance to get back at it, but yes, a simulator is definitely part of being a better driver.
0: I, I, I can understand what you mean because um, years ago, I played around with it a little bit before I went to a track that I went to just to see if like this is really how it is. Um it it gets you. The one thing that I noticed is that it gets you used to your surroundings. Yes. that's the biggest thing that I took away from it. Not like if you're going to mm-hmm. feel a bump in the corner or you know trying to get bite off the turn or forward bite or whatever. Like, but just getting used to where you're going to be at on the racetrack and
1: yeah, because when we went to Kentucky and I have never seen the track and it was during COVID, mm-hmm. so I went upstairs every night and just ran Kentucky and tried to figure it out. And when I showed up there, it was a great help, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I was slower, but I knew my surroundings. Like you said, you knew where the lamp poles were. You knew what you were looking for um, to try to make the car better during the day.
0: Cool. So what's next for Willie Mullins?
1: Um, like I said, we're going to go to Elko. Okay. Um, that's coming up uh, the end of June. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, like I said, Landon Pembelton is going to be in a car. I'm going to run some limited late races. We're going to have some fun this year, you know? Um I kind of got burned out after Daytona, I'll be honest. You know, we built a brand new car mm-hmm. for Brayton to be in, and we worked on it from November, first part of November, until we loaded it in the trailer for the uh, preseason practice in January, and it was a lot of work, and we got worn out. So I'm kind of recouping now, and I'm ready to go back at it again.
0: The the fans don't realize how many hours go into just one car, yeah. especially if it's a super speedway car. Yes. Everything has got to be perfect pristine absolutely
1: and and that's that's one of the things why we are always so successful you know last year at talladega we were top of the board on speed you know we go to daytona we're always top five in speed it's because the amount of time and hours we put in these cars to unload them to be fast Mm -hmm. so it's one of those things we're proud of what we unload when we go to daytona and talladega and people have noticed you know and and that's why we're happy to have brayton laster in the car the past two years in the ford and I ran the Chevrolet, and, and people noticed that we have good equipment.
0: How many guys are, are working on, on, <laughs> on the team? I mean, you, you have a smaller team compared to other guys. But Absolutely. How, how many guys do you actually have working on the cars?
1: There's nobody, like, full-time at all. It's myself on weekends. On S- Sundays is when I'm putting cars together. Now, as we were getting ready for Daytona, um, Kevin Reed came up. He brought a couple guys up because we were a week out, and the car wasn't close. So... We had to work day and night pretty much, um, and then we had Kayla Searles. She was working every night over there putting these cars together, and we did it, you know, and we came and we had a good car, and it, it's one of those things. It's We have a tribe of people that, that come there to help us, and we have such a good group of friends that that put in hours and hours and hours to get these cars ready.
0: Are there some tracks that you go to where you have to hire some crew guys to show up? No, or, not really. Or over-the-wall guys? What about over-the-wall Well, over the, wall the good guys?
1: thing is with ARCA now, we've gone to um, either Modified Live or a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kept us from having to spend the five and $6,000 a weekend to rent a crew. Because um, when you went to Elko, you had to fly in a crew, and it was $6,000 to do two pit stops for just the guys. That's not tires. That's not... Right. So... three thousand dollars a stop yes it was three thousand dollars a stop and we had a a crew that cost me a lap one time and i paid that much money and they still cost me a lap in the pits Mm. so i'm glad arca has done that okay to to go on to these to go to these modified live stops
0: that's cool well we are getting near the end of the show we're getting ready to wrap it up but you got to let us know let the fans know how we can find you your social media channels your website uh, all of that how can we how can we find and and follow the world of Willie Mullins because you've You've gotten huge on TikTok. I yes. was reading some of the articles. Like you were driving to a race somewhere and like some trucker hit yeah, you up on the CB. It, it was kinda
1: cool. We're <laughs> we're heading down past Kenley, North Carolina, and and a guy hits me up on the C B and I'm like, is that Willie driving a truck? And I'm like, Yep, it's me. And he pulls into the, the truck stop the same time I do and got an autograph. It was, it was pretty cool to see these guys recognize our truck and trailer, recognize that I'm driving it, that that who we are. TikTok has become such a great um, outlet of who we are. And, and I can put a video together in five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So it has become such a great avenue to to the, the normal person that's in the Midwest running the dirt car, see what we're doing down here on the East Coast. And it's been great that, that TikTok has opened up the eyes of everybody. And I get to see what everybody else is doing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and critique their videos like they critique mine. So it's been great that didn't
0: you get one of your drivers that way via social media yes that was great tell tell us that story
1: so i put up two years ago that we were looking for drivers to go to the test with us because every year we go to daytona we have open slots that arca allows us to bring approved people with us to the test so he happened to hit us up and my wife got all the paperwork straightened out and and TikTok let him see hey these guys are just normal guys working in the garage putting a good car together, and he came and joined us and went to the test, and the rest is history. You know, it's been great um, for, like I said, for the the average fan to see what we're doing, and maybe they could get into doing this with us. You know, it, it sparks a lot of people's interest.
0: Because he came from dirt, right? Right.
1: He's run some okay. dirt stuff out west. Um, I think he's done some Lucas Oil stuff, things like that. So it sparked their interest. And there's a lot of people that don't realize that You can. It is expensive. I'm not gonna say it's not, but you can get into one of these cars as long as you have enough experience in something else. Okay. You know, it's like so. A friend of ours, Bradley Perez, um, he's another SCCA'er that got to jump into a truck this year at Martinsville. So he was able to take the uh, not normal path and get into turning left just like I did.
0: Wow there was another kid also i forgot who it was from scc that came out of uh the uh, mx5 cup he yep. was running them i forgot the kid's name but he was running um a, a truck now recently too um I, you know what it, it's yeah it's, it's hard g- to remember to i know Is the name's gonna pop my head as soon as we go to click the the microphones off to go off the air but uh Again, let's get back to it. um, Let's get back to it. So
1: you can find us on Twitter. Yep. It's me or my wife back there tweeting all the time, you know, having fun, poking fun at people. At what? Um, I I don't remember. You have to go to um, MullinsRacing.net. We'll have all our links. That's our webpage right there. Mm -hmm. Um, Or Willie Mullins 3 you know, our car number. And you can see all my TikToks. And then that'll link to my wife, Dinah Mullins, I believe is what hers is. Mm Mm-hmm. Um and then I think it's uh Willie Mullins or Mullins Racing underscore um uh, is our Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um so you can find us on anything. You know, if you just type in Willie Mullins, usually it'll bring up a horse guy and then me.
0: Yeah. yeah did. Th- there's
1: two guys. So <laughs> I'm yep. not the old guy. It's it's the <laughs> younger me that's you know. If you just type that in, we're there. You know, we're, okay. we're, My wife works hard to keep us relevant in what
0: we're doing in the five races we race a year. And and the car that you're running, too, it is an iconic number. It is. Too. It is. So, what made you choose number three?
1: Well, it's one of those things in ARCA. It's about points a lot of times. We mm-hmm. went to Daytona the first time, and we wanted to make sure we had points. So Wayne Hickson used to have the number three. Um, So he was retiring, so he actually passed the number three down to me. Because um, he had the two and the three in Arca for many many years. Okay. Um, so that's how we got it. But what is funny about that story is, our first year we show up at Daytona with a Ford and a three on it. Right. The oh, purists. No. Oh. With the Twitter trolls, the people that were upset at us <laughs> that there was a number three on a Ford. How dare you? You oh. know. I mean it's it's crazy. Uh, the the people that are still. Die Hard Dale, Hart, Dale Earnhardt people.
0: Oh, and and those <laughs> social media trolls can be such so mean sometimes and heartless. It's, but they're
1: talking about us, right? So if right. they're talking about us, we're, we're getting
0: out there. People are seeing us. You know, uh, it's so funny too because a buddy of mine I raced with years ago, he said to me, he says, "One's that clap for you, he's like they're just being nice. Yep. The ones that booing you." They know who you are
1: exactly. <laughs> they have done their research to hate you for a reason, that's you know. Right. And that's that's what's great about this sport is you may not like what we're doing, you may hate us, but you know what? You're at least talking about us, you know. And that's auto racing is is one of those things that I'm glad we do what we do. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't want to be a, a guy fishing or or sitting on a golf course or something like that, you know. Right. Auto racing has its unique characters that help us and that uh make us get talked about the next day
0: and the big thing too is even if you run 20th you're still going faster than the guy sitting on the couch
1: absolutely you know and it's one of those things i never would have thought i'd be where i am to this day just being a normal guy working on arca cars and, and building our equipment to be better and better every year
0: and getting closer and closer to one of those wins, too. I mean, you, your Super you know, Speedway package is, is pretty darn good.
1: It is. It is, and we're proud of that. You know, and like I said, that Ilmore motor has given us the chance to win now. Um, before, you would have to go spend twenty or 30000 a race to get a motor from Hendrick or from Gibbs or somebody. Now, uh, a new Ilmore, I think, is in the mid-50s, but that's going to run us twenty five hundred. 2000 miles something like that Mm -hmm. so we can get a half a year out of a motor compared to just one race right so that's why that ilmore package has been great i think it's good for truck too you know to get the cost down Mm. so it's been a a money saver um and i can't wait to see hopefully where it goes and how good it gets
0: well, when we see where it goes, we hope that you come back and share more of these stories with Absolutely. us. We we, had a, I, I, we hope you had fun today. We ask everybody uh, that comes on the show, would you come back? We ask you to come back for a second appearance.
1: I love coming back, and I appreciate these shows. These shows like you do, like old Rowdy Maglite that you, you see poking around on the internet. If I didn't have you guys to get my story out there, I would be a nobody, right? So it's important to have these shows. And I I always plan on going on whatever I can when anybody would ever have me.
0: Well, Willie, I wanna thank you for coming in today. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Willie Mullins joins us on the Derek Pernasiglio Show. We wanna thank all of you for tuning in and joining us as well. And we'll see you the next time, bye.